Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you do not even have a bucket, and the cistern is deep. Where can you then get this water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this cistern and drank from it himself with his children and his flocks? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so they may not have to be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. The woman answered and said to him, I do not have a husband. Jesus answered her, You are right in saying I do not have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you people say the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we understand, because salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, and indeed the Father seeks such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one speaking with you. At that moment, his disciples returned and were amazed that he was talking with a woman, but still no one said, What are you looking for? Or why are you talking with her? The woman left her water jar and went to the town and said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have done. Could he possibly be the Christ? They went out of the town and came to him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, Could someone have brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say, In four months the harvest will be here? I tell you, look up and see the fields ripe for the harvest. The reaper is already receiving payment and gathering crops for eternal life so that the sower and reaper can rejoice together. For here the saying is verified, that one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the work, and you are sharing the fruits of their work. Many of the Samaritans of that town began to believe in him, because of the word the woman, of the woman who had testified, and told, he told me everything I have done. When the Samaritans came to him, they invited him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more began to believe in him because of his word. And they said to the woman, We no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. 
Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. During my time in seminary, I had the great opportunity and blessing to go to the Holy Lands. And while I'll probably share many stories over the years about my time in the Holy Land, this one actually has nothing to do with any particular story from my time in the Holy Land, or any particular place in the Holy Land, but instead about the experience of being new to the environment of a desert, of a place that has no water, is extraordinarily hot, and at how thirsty I'd gotten. At the beginning, I simply brought my 32-ounce Nalgene for the day's travels. And quickly, within a couple hours, I drank that entire thing, and I had to buy five water bottles that day in order to satiate my thirst. And I quickly learned that I couldn't afford, as a poor seminarian, to do that each and every day. So I had to keep those water bottles, and each and every day I carried about eight different water bottles with me in my backpack for those journeys. And I say, I say this in order to give you an indication of just how hot, of just how extraordinarily arid and thirsty one would be in this desert climate in which Jesus finds himself in the Samaritan woman and how thirsty she must have been, he must have been from their travels. And I know that from personal experience. In the same way, whenever we see this gospel today, we see this woman who is coming to the well at noon. And the reason why she's coming at this time of day, because the normal time to draw water in such an environment is early in the morning or in the evening. So that way you don't have to do it in the heat of the day. So the fact that she is doing this at noon means that she's trying to avoid everyone else. She's trying to purposely avoid their gaze. She's trying to avoid being ridiculed, whispered about, and undermined. And so Jesus comes to this well at this time, in that poverty, because it's sad. The community has rejected her to such an extent that she doesn't even want to talk to anyone. She doesn't want to be seen by them, and she's ashamed. And so Jesus is the one who meets her there at the well. And this is a beautiful sort of metaphor, a beautiful image for where the Lord meets each one of us. This woman's pain has led her to come to the well at noon. So too does our pain drive us to many different wells in this life. We try to satisfy the longings of our hearts with food, internet, pleasures of all sorts, numbing out with different substances, and trying to avoid the hurt that we all feel inside. And this is the point at which our Lord desires to meet us. He meets us at the point of deepest and most profound pain. He meets us at the point at which we are most vulnerable, the point at which we most desire something. This woman has desired to be loved, and we even see this whenever she acknowledges that she's had six or five husbands, and Jesus says the one that she now has is not hers. She has been somebody looking for love in so many different ways, in so many different fashions, and each and every one has left her alone. So we see in this story the sadness in which Jesus meets this woman, but it's also the sadness in which he wants to meet each and every one of us. And in fact, in the season of Lent, 
whenever we are encouraged to fast, to refrain from eating, whether it's you've given up sweets, eating in between meals, lessening the amount you eat, changing your diet on Fridays, not eating meat on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, fasting for that day. That what we see in these practices is meant to call out a deeper desire and longing that we have within our hearts. Desire we have for food, drink, and everything else in between, every appetite, is ultimately an expression of a desire for him, of the one who gives the living water, the living water that fully satisfies, unlike everything else, unlike that water that I myself drink in the desert, and again and again and again, I had to take one water bottle down after another to satiate my thirst even a little. In the same way, whenever we pursue the things of this world, they always leave us empty and without anywhere to go. And so this woman's encounter with our Lord is the same encounter he desires to have with you if he hasn't already. Because whenever we have this same sort of encounter with the Lord, our hearts are satisfied. And while there will be certainly points of lowness or dryness within our prayer and our spiritual lives in the future, after that initial meeting, it's something you can never really shake. You can never shake the fact that it was only he that's ever satisfied, that he's the only one that's ever provided for you. And in that way, encountering our Lord in that depths, it is important for us to see. And then I love the detail that after this woman has this encounter, she leaves behind her water jar. The reason she came there, the reason why she came there, she completely forgets about and goes away to go tell everybody what just happened. The most vital natural resource she had, she left behind. And her excitement, I think that is one big reason. But I also think it's meant to be a symbol for the fact that the way in which she was trying to fill her water jar, trying to satiate her thirst again and again, with her many husbands, with the men that she had been involved with, was now gone. She no longer needed that because she encountered Jesus Christ, the living water, the bread from heaven, the one who could satisfy the longings of her heart that she had been trying to satisfy for so long. And the Lord, too, desires to do this for us. He wants us to leave behind our water jars, the ones that we have used in order to fill a hole that only he could fill. That is what he desires for us. And that is what the symbol of her leaving that behind is meant to convey to us. And then finally, there's also a detail here that I think is profound. And I think it's important for us to remember whenever it comes to evangelizing, to proclaiming the gospel. The Samaritan people that, are, that have completely rejected this woman that have caused her to cower in shame and go to the well at noon. At her word and her going to tell them, he told me everything that I have done. She owns up to her sin in front of all of them. And in her excitement and her exuberance and the realization that she has been healed, she brings that to them. And they believe as a result of it one who they probably had gossiped about, 
made fun of, rejected, ignored, walked across the other side of the street when they saw her coming. She's the one who turns their hearts to the Lord. It would be like after this past week if I took all my words to heart and then took them. You see, the powerful thing is, is that even in our sin, in your weakness, whatever you think the obstacles are to you sharing the gospel, I don't speak no good. People don't really like me. I'm not good enough. That's for someone else. They're all lies. They're all lies. Each and every one of us are called to share the gospel. Each and every one of us are called to share our story. Each and every one of us are called to share Jesus Christ, the only one who can satiate our hearts, the only one who can satisfy your longing. If this woman, who had shown up in shame, who had been belittled by these people, can show up and present the gospel to them, present Jesus to them, how much more can we? How much more can we proclaim that truth to those around us? And then, ultimately, it is not us. And it says initially that they believe because of her word. But then after Jesus stays with them, then they come to believe because of his word. That is where we lead everybody. I need to lead you beyond my personality, beyond my own self. The people that you held to lead to Christ, you need to lead them beyond you, your personality. You need to lead, him to lead them to him who dwells day and night in that tabernacle, makes himself present on this altar, who gives himself to you in Holy Communion under the appearance of bread and wine, which is really his body, blood, soul, and divinity. That is the point of our entire lives, our entire existence. He desires you. He desires you. In the same way that he asked that woman for a drink, so he desires to receive from you your love, your devotion, and your care. And in doing so, he will satisfy the deepest longings of your heart.